Stacy. And I'm Norma. And we're Black Girls with Accents. Welcome back, everybody. Hello, everyone. So we are back with a conversation, a discussion we're calling Our Two Cents. And the, the, the goal of the discussion that we're going to record from time to time, the goal is to address something that might be happening in the media, something that's happening publicly. Mm-hmm. And we want to weigh in and really encourage people to be a little bit more empathetic. I think with the advent of social media, social media gives everybody an opportunity to weigh in and share their opinions. But they do so oftentimes from a place of emotion and not from a place of understanding or not even from a place of, um, you know, not even drawing from factual evidence, just kind of anecdotal uh, statements to support an argument. An opinion is opinion, I get it, but it's like, it feels as though these days those who are perceived to be the victims are allowed to share their opinions and be emphatic about their opinion. And those who are the perpetrators are shut down and they're not allowed to explain, defend, Mm -hmm. clarify their position. I'm not talking about, you know, hate speech and, you know, obvious acts of racist speech and things like that. I'm just talking about more nuanced conversations. Or expressing of an experience, a personal expression. Mm-hmm. So we are weighing in and adding our two cents to controversy that came to light about two weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, it won't matter when you guys hear this, regarding yeah. the actress Tandy Newton, who's probably most known to some of you for her portrayal of um, what's the character's name from Beloved mm-hmm. and um, well, Beloved from Beloved and also I think she was in a Tom Cruise Mission Impossible film I think a lot of people will know her Westworld and West- I would say the newer crowd would know her from Westworld just on HBO Max sci-fi series okay so Tandy Newton, actress. She is, I mean, I don't know how she self-defines actually, but she's a British actress. Her mother is African, her father is white. And mm-hmm. um, Norma posted something on Twitter in response to some strong feelings about Tandy's it wasn't a conversation, but her expressing her experience as a black woman, as a mixed race black woman, both in the UK and in the US, into <laughs> racism, what it felt like to be light skin in her, well, by her definition, or dark skin, what it was to navigate the entertainment industry and acknowledge her light skin privilege or white skin privilege that mm-hmm. in her from her perspective at times 
led to some inequity because women of a darker complexion, African-American women in particular, she cites African-American women in particular, uh, don't get the same opportunities, don't get the same roles. But then she goes a little bit deeper into beauty politics and her preference and how black men are more likely to desire her than darker women and she was apologizing in a very heartfelt way just kind of expressing herself crying even mm-hmm. and in response <laughs> mm-hmm. that led to backlash and then apology tour etc so <laughs> norma posted something online about it i discussed it in the car with my husband and with my trainer who is also mixed race, and so we wanted to weigh in because we have some strong feelings of our own. So Norma, I'm going to let you start. Start the controversy. Yes. Continue the controversy. So I have to say, I watched it several times, and I do blame some of the backlash that's coming on ET Canada. The way the clip is edited um, makes it easy to get misconstrued and in, in, in the information that's given. Um, especially uh, the, apolo- the apology part. Um, after watching it several times, I realized that um, what she was saying that I guess that for a long time she had this urge of wanting to apologize. And then as time goes, um, like wanting to apologize to her, her dark skin counterparts and things like that, which I also felt should not come as a surprise. Um, it's even recently in the media, I've seen... Uh, Post that called out uh, Zendaya, um, Zasi, Tessa, and Tandy for taking roles that should have gone to darker-skinned women. So it's not like these people, and uh, now specifically Tandy, doesn't see these type of comments come by or even maybe get them in person, right? And so um, where I really bonded with what she was saying was... Um, when she was pointing out like her mom's skin color, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Her, our, in a way our situations are pretty similar. Mm-hmm. I think I'm a slightly darker than Tandy, but her mom is darker skinned. And then the idea that people have that because you are lighter or brown, that it might not have been as difficult for you as a black woman. And I'm not saying that we, in general, don't know that the darker it can be, your skin can be, that it can be harsher. But I think it's very strange to say that brown or lighter skinned women don't experience the same type of prejudice or racism, especially when we know that, like, white or, for me, sometimes even Indian, like, no, they just see you as black. They see us all as the same. So to get it from outside, then to get it in, inwards, it, it was very hard for me to listen to her, to understand her, and then see how people were reacting to her. And so I really did feel like we're not listening um, to each other and we're, not, and we're also not paying attention or having grace for the pain that the person who's expressing the pain is actually feeling. Right. Well, it's almost as though she's not allowed to say what mm-hmm. she did, right? She's not allowed to tell her truth. She's talking yeah. candidly about her own experience. And 
she's attacked because she dared to call upon or call out a particular group of people and that yeah. led to this online attack which is really unfortunate because it it does limit or it does stunt the possibility for a discussion where yeah. individuals can share their personal experiences bell hooks wrote um you know you can't you can't have a monopoly or a hierarchy on trauma trauma's trauma I really feel like we're we're taking score in trauma points, and um, uh, then people kept saying um, online in the comments, I should say, uh, or even in some of the clips, like on things like the real or wherever it was mm-hmm. discussed, um, like and she's coming for dark skin African American women, and uh, in I also felt that that came because of the edits of uh, the ET yeah. Canada, because she addresses dark skin at one point. Then, then says it doesn't matter that more that most of my negative experiences with my skin color came from African American women, and that being said out loud always seemed to cause a problem. But it's very easily said to each other amongst Caribbean people, African people. Like I've had this discussion several times. So then I'm surprised that we're not allowed to say that that out loud as other black women, as other tone skinned women. I think it's very interesting that we're not allowed to say out loud that African-American women give us a hard time at times or that we have this experience. And so then later in the interview, to me, that's why I wanted to say that again, that conclude that. It concluded to me that she said, I had this thing where I wanted to apologize, but I'm glad that I resolved that within myself and that I don't now honor like her own skin. Um, and then just to be proud and love the, the, the dark skin women that she loves the way she does. So even that to me, I was like, if you really take the time to just pause and not immediately be offended about either being African-American woman or an American black woman or a dark sister, skinned african-american woman then you can actually see that she was talking about like an inner healing that she felt that she needed to um address and not apologizing to black american black women or african-american darker skinned women um yeah okay so i would say i can't speak on behalf of african-american women i can't speak on behalf of dark-skinned women i mean I see myself as brown. Somebody else might see my see me as dark. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I'm just saying the language changes. I everything. see myself as brown. People tell me I'm yellow. Like um, <laughs> I have skin sometimes, so whatever. But right. it's like, okay. And, and they're not terms that really mean anything because I didn't receive any. Growing up, my skin tone wasn't. I didn't fall within the category where there was something to say either way. There was just, mm-hmm. just brown, just there. No, no privilege from that. Obviously, there's mm-hmm. a privilege in that. I, not of a darker complexion, you didn't have to hear the insults and. Mm-hmm. But there are other issues that I, 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 other personal issues I had to work through. I would imagine that for some women, who are African American. I'm only imagining, I don't know, mm-hmm. the, 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 the scars of the past, of being looked over, of being disrespected, of being deemed mm-hmm. 
unworthy, unattractive. That's all very real, I'm sure, for some. There are obviously mm-hmm. dark-skinned women, like my, my mom, my sister, who are beautiful. I don't think my sister ever really had an issue because um, she's very confident too, and she's beautiful. So, um, mm-hmm. But I would imagine the alarm, their alarm, when they heard the clip, out, out of context, when they heard the clip, mm-hmm. What would have made more sense? Now, I don't know if the people online who responded to this did as we did. Because when I heard just the clip, anytime I hear a clip of anything, I want to hear the full piece. I want to hear exactly what yes. they said. So I can make an informed decision and reaction. And I'm going to go back to what I said in the beginning about social media and opinions and what's missing an emotion responding as a responding to things emotionally what's missing from these i don't even know if it's a dialogue or de- debate more than it's just a attack mm-hmm. what's missing is is reason right the art of rhetoric the art of rhetoric is you know standard right it's yeah. ethos logos pathos right yeah look one's credibility logic and empathy and those three qualities are missing from in this conversation yes and is it even a conversation or is it an an attack um i was so disappointed like it would like and the reason why i was pointing out what i was saying earlier because then in the comment it was like this should have this is for a therapy session this should have stayed in a therapy session and i was like so we're not allowed she's not allowed to say her, her truth out loud in about something that she saw as healing as some as a as um as clearly a point of coming into her own um you know like you learn how to come into yourself right and then you realize like oh this part has always like bothered me in a way and now you've you've kind of pinpointed why and you're not allowed to say out loud that that's the the journey or that's the road it, that you realize you've been on. Another thing that then in the, then it became, she's not black, she's biracial. And I was like, oh my God. Like, so this entire time, this biracial person is growing everything she does. Like, like black, points out black, promotes, shouts out, praises. But then if I say something, then now I'm not part of that same black group that mm-hmm. I'm, it's interesting who is allowed to be black and who isn't allowed to be black, right? Yes. Allowed to and be who decides black. if we stay or go? Right, like... right, right. There's certain people who are allowed to be black when it serves them, right? I mean, whether white presenting or black presenting, mm-hmm. uh, especially as, especially people in media, they're allowed mm-hmm. to be black because they're maybe they're a little darker or maybe their affectations are more aligned with cultural references, mannerisms, mm-hmm. A and B and all of that. Um, but if they in some way seem questionable, then it's a default. They're not black enough. Mm-hmm. Now I can say, I, I'm trying to think back in my own experience. Mm, not in, not, as a much older person, but as a younger person, sometimes people would make glib statements like, well, you're not from here, but more as a point of where well, you just don't understand or you just don't get it. Not 
Yes. Not, not from a point of you're not... Well, nobody would ever say I'm not black, but there was a recognition that there was difference. But they didn't... In my personal experience, I didn't take it as a put-down... I'm looking back and thinking, was it a put-down? It could have been I didn't receive it that way. Mm-hmm. I didn't receive it that way. And also because, as most people know, I'm... I have no qualms about where I come from and it's not it's not a thing that makes me ashamed or so fine um, there's also nothing that changes about my skin color so you can revoke my blackness all you want all the time or your definition of what blackness and I look in the mirror and I st- right or your definition of blackness or your yeah, definition of what blackness need to is match mine. I think the Tandy Newton thing though also connects to uh, one of our episodes that we discussed um, episode two, I think, regarding Cynthia Erivo playing yes, it's funny. Yes, playing Sojourner Truth. I also think it goes with our Meghan Markle one, but you finish your thought first on Cynthia. Yeah, I think there is this hostility towards Black British actors, the, those who are who define as both male and female mm-hmm. because there is an exoticism or fetishism for I think it's for British actors period I don't even necessarily know that it's black or white from Daniel Craig to you know mm-hmm. Helen Mirren to yeah. you know all of them Luce, uh, Idris Elba I, I yeah. don't know that it's necessarily attached to race. I think it is uh, annoyance with mm-hmm. British actors, but within the black community as well, uh, this frustration. And I'm not mm. in the industry, you are, so maybe justifiably so. It is unfair that they're overlooking homegrown talent. So not saying that that may not be an issue. Mm-hmm. But I think that some of that backlash is connected to that same conversation. I thought yeah. it's strange that no one seems to mind when African American actors play African characters. Jennifer Hudson played yes. um, Winnie Mandela. Where was the uproar? Didn't the hit, the comments it. were um, definitely that again about like how she should be happy that as um, you know African Americans um, they allowed her to have um, an a career in America. And I'm like, what about? The actors that we allowed, as as foreign blacks, <laughs> that we allowed to have careers overseas, or or that we support over like what? And so it, one of them, a, a comment that really bothered me too was like the constant like not during Black History Month, and I was like also Black History Month can only be expressed by African American, like it has to be in line with the African American Black experience or context, like. Because you're saying that not during Black History Month can a black woman express her experience around her her blackness. I thought that was, well, yeah, that's... it was very stunting to me to constantly, not the, not during Black History Month. Was like... Well, here again, right? So who gets to be black, right? So yeah. I can understand, I can understand, um... Mm. somebody wanting to defend their culture, their legacy, their heritage. I understand Mm -hmm. that. 
Um, but again, I think it does, it comes back to that contrariness. Mm-hmm. So, Idris Elba, he is, he's African in terms mm-hmm. of ancestry, British raised, but he doesn't get this attack. Daniel Kaluuya, <clears throat> he doesn't get this attack. Uh, the, the young boy from Snowfall. Doesn't get I'm, this attack. The, the one from Brid- Bridgerton doesn't get this attack, right? All handsome black males seem to avoid the attack. Mm-hmm. They all happen to be actually dark in complexion with the exception of one, actually. I'm, I'm just realizing that too. So I don't, it could be a gender thing. Is it a gender thing? Yeah, it's a Dakari womanness. Because maybe. I've heard many people within the African-American community advocating for Luce, uh, Idris Elba to play James Bond. Mm-hmm. Claiming him as their own. I mean, James Bond is the mm-hmm. greatest franchise, never an American franchise. But I've I've heard that excitement, enthusiasm, the, the you know petition signing up and all of yeah. that. So, it, yeah, it, it, there's definitely a gendered uh, aspect to this. To mm-hmm. my to my mind, right? So it when yeah. I spoke to my trainer, I mean, I already, I already knew the answers I would receive about you know being a woman of mixed race lighter complexion i've watched the i think it's bill duke right he's the director is that the right name uh, i think he's um oh mm-hmm, dp mm-hmm, for yeah. spike lee's um, mm-hmm. work um mm-hmm. he produced dark girls and light girls mm-hmm. Do you remember did you watch either of those i are they are they were they on own are those the ones you're talking about uh, the no. documentaries on what it is to be oh. light skin in America, what it is to be dark skin in America. No, and, um, haven't seen it. You know, very heartfelt, troubling, everything that we know about light skin privilege, both, you know, socially, on the job, mm-hmm. um, and also dark skin trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did address light skin trauma too. And Sunny from The View has discussed this as well, what, what she dealt with as a light skin Afro-Latina and all that. So... We know mm-hmm. the stories. We're not, it's nothing new. But light skinned women have their own, as Tandy Newton expressed, as my trainer expressed, especially those who are mixed race, you know, they, mm-hmm. they deal with their own trauma. A lot of heat comes their way. Being because, rejected by both groups. And it really does a number on them, especially in terms of yeah. belonging. Yeah. Being told they're not black enough assumptions being made that they're haughty i mean that's not a big thing but it can be because it mm-hmm. makes you excluded it makes yeah. you an easy target now when you're younger maybe you can't fight back right whether that's physically verbally you have to take the assault both physical and verbal but when mm-hmm. you're older and you're trying to process you do exactly as tandy newton did right share with us what that experience is like and there is i see a value in that it's not, I do. you know, I'm not I... playing violins for her and poor Tandy Newton, but I'm human and I, I felt, I really connected with what she was, I didn't connect with what she was saying in terms of that's my story too, not in that way, but I could <clears> see <throat> that she was very genuine and she was bearing her soul and yeah. expressing how painful it was. That's what I saw, a woman who 
was ex- was voicing uh, this internal struggle that she had and b- b- bravely sharing that. And my first thought wasn't to, well, when I heard the clip, I immediately thought, oh, that's not going to go down well. Mm-hmm. And when I saw it, I thought, oh my gosh, did these people really listen to the whole thing? Did they actually did they no, watch I... it? Did they know what really happened? Because how could you have and then responded in that way? So... As Norma and I have discussed before before taping, it is this idea of, um, as Norma says, mm-hmm. allowing people to be heard. Maybe you want to talk more about that. Or yeah, listening, listening. I guess, like, I'm thinking of it from what you said about, like, you know, because that was there too a lot. Oh, tiny violin. And I was like, no, I guess I am maybe playing. I, I could feel the hurt of the of the unexpressed love that she wanted to, like the love that she's had all this time for her, for black women, for her mom, for just being a part of that group and then still feeling rejected. I could feel that very clearly in what she was saying. And another thing that she was, that she was being mocked about a lot was saying that I was dark-skinned when I was in Europe. And I saw myself as dark-skinned and I, I, and that's where I will explain why I felt like it was similar to the Meghan Mark. Something was similar to me to the Meghan Markle experience. So what I, what I didn't like about that being dismissed is that when you are the only one in a place and people don't know about skin colors and whatnot, it's just white people and you. Yes, you are dark skinned. You are not seeing anybody with another color around. Like, and so... It was, it made sense to me when she said, and then I come here and people are like, you're not dark skinned, you're light skinned or blah, blah. And even saying it to you in a way that like annoyed with you, claiming that you have a tone or annoyed that you don't realize that your lighter skin color should work in your favor. It might've been here uh, in America, or you might've felt that she had that experience, but you can't say that she had that experience everywhere in the world. Like if I can, I can imagine her having being discriminated again, if you're the only one that is the black person in, in a white community. So I was like, I would consider myself a dark skinned person. If I didn't know anybody else with a skin darker than myself, I don't personally have that experience. I just mean that I understood what she was saying that where I was, I thought I was dark skinned until I came somewhere else where there was more explanation about different shades of color. So again, I was like not making space to say like, Oh, I understand what you're saying. And, and, but here your skin color would like fall on the light skin or whatever, but immediately discover like, please, you know what your skin color means or can do for you. I'm like, says who? If it was experience up until then. Right, and she grew up in um, she grew up in a place called Penzance in Cornwall, which is <laughs> I mean, it don't sound like can, nobody back over there. No, not at all. Uh, so and- that even further explains this whole thing about thinking her, uh, you know, acknowledging her skin was darker than other people in that community where she grew up and then the the realization of oh um here it's in reverse 
So, <laughs> I mean, the purpose, you know, uh, in an interview, it can be, there's but so much time to cut, edit, and obviously the E Canada wanted to tell a particular yeah, story. Of course, they, they, wanted to, they wanted exactly what happened, which left a yeah. poor woman out there. You know, yeah. What a, it was such I hope a, she doesn't apologize. I hope she doesn't make another clip. I hope she doesn't defend any of this. I hope she leaves it just the way it is. Um, and I also wanted to say the reason why I think it ties in with Meghan Markle is because to me, Meghan had the reverse experience. She was here and her mm. skin <laughs> kind of worked for her. And mm. then she went to England and they told her that she was black and she was shocked. She could <laughs> that shit at all and I was like yes because you thought that it was different for you until somebody told you like no you, to us you belong with the darkest of darkest and you are a black woman and I don't think she ever had a, a deeper black women experience like that and that's why to me I was like yeah it kind of it ties I can see how they both had that like oh I didn't know and in both cases, right, their moms are black women, you know, very clearly black women. Well, whatever mm-hmm. that means, though. Whatever that means yeah. to be a black woman. But we're just, I'm just talking about complex, at least just on, a, on its surface, skin complexion. Now, ideologically, yeah. are they black women? I don't know. But um, on its mm-hmm. surface, unmistakably, the world is going to look at you and treat you like a black woman. And mm-hmm. I don't think that, I don't know. I don't know. As a mom with a mixed race child, I would I would imagine it's your responsibility to at least let your children know this is how the world is going to see you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to necessarily sit down and teach them about the history of Comet. I mean, you can, but I'm saying whatever, you know, they're human beings, they're people of color. I think if you don't have a conversation with your child about what it might mean as a person of color to move through the world, you're, you're going to set them up for failure because that's it's very it. tricky. Slap in the because... face is going to come. I'm not saying that it has to be only a tale of woe and gloom. You could, you could mm-hmm. tell the full spectrum of the black experience. You can let them know they come from Kings and Queens because that's a reality. It doesn't have to mm-hmm. be filtered through a Western perspective of, Oh, we were all slaves and, no, it doesn't have to be that. It can be you walk with your head high because you are somebody. I and mean, that's a very Caribbean kind of thing. Like you're somebody. No matter how many, if you have two pennies to rub together, you're somebody. You're somebody. So, yes, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. And you're somebody because you come from this family and we're strong people and all that. But I think that can also be connected to, listen, as a person of color, people are going to want to touch your hair. People are going to make assumptions about you, about your ability because you are a person of color. But... You have to realize that's the issue. I think that's a, that's a conversation I would have or that I've had mm-hmm. with my own kids who are not mixed race anyway. So there is a responsibility that come from the parents. And it sounds to me that maybe Sandy didn't have this kind of conversation. Or maybe she did and it, it just didn't fall into... This category just didn't come up. Like, I'll give this example. Like, so I'll, I'll, over here... If, even if I address something, often somebody will say, yeah, but you're European. Okay, so apparently in your head over here, that works in my favor. Like there's something, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. mysterious or whatever about it. I hate the word exotic, but there's something about it that you feel makes it easier for me to be a black woman. But in Suriname culture, oh, okay. there is the thing. 
that will give you a laid up, right? Mm -hmm. So immediately, my hair doesn't fall into that category. So then I'm just a regular black woman. But one of my close friends, we see years later, I didn't know this as a teen, but she's light skinned and she has what we consider dogla hair. Mm -hmm. And it told me how she would like on her way home, these these girls that we know from when we were younger, like beat her up and like try to cut her hair. That is not an experience that I have, but she would come out and see, but so how would it be for me to say, it's easier for you. You're like, Hint, you're Dogla, you're the one that's desired, right? right? But meanwhile, I had this horrible experience of trying to walk home and people beating her up and, and trying to cut her hair. Right. Well, it does... I don't have that experience because nobody's after my hair. <laughs> right, but it, still, but it does go back to what I said earlier about the, 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 the hierarchy, that you don't have yes. it bad, you don't know what it's like. Well, again, yeah, no, not your individual experience, but, you know, there's... Whether it's skin tone, hair type, the shape of your nose, the shape of your lips, your freckles, no freckles, whatever it is, we do yeah. know that everywhere in the world where there are melanated people who were formerly colonized, there is in the eyes of society, the dominant, that lighter, straighter, all of that is better. And that's ingrained and continues to be ingrained over and over and over and over and over and over. Whether that's looking at videos to do natural hair and if you're 4A versus a 4D and what's easier hair and what's... Even in a space that's supposed to celebrate black hair, even that becomes a a hierarchy of what's better. So... So you're so this person here in America, darker skin or light skin, and tell is telling me European one. You had it easier. I'm telling my friend, you're dog like you had it easier. But we all can tell each other again, annoyingly trauma bonding. Like no, actually this happened to me. No, this happened to me, and that's I'm done with that cycle. I'm done with the trauma bonding. We don't have to trauma Trump. That's what <laughs> that's another one. And so. I did feel like, yeah, hold space and clearly hear what this other black woman or woman is saying to you. Instead of scoffing and saying like, Ugh, how dare you say it out loud? How dare you speak your lighter skin things are easier than you? Or how dare you speak, um, I made a way for you. Like, I dare to speak because right. just like any other black woman, I want to speak. I want a voice I, or any, you know, like I, I want a voice. Right, my experience through through our our black race. Um, I love that, and all I would add to that is, I think sometimes, as individuals who might be working on themselves to improve themselves, you know, if you're younger, you're not there yet, and but if you're mm. a little older and you're working on yourself, you learn to maybe your initial thought, you know, is a reaction, a strong reaction to something. But then if you're mature and trying to learn and grow, you take time to fully investigate what's happening. Ask yourself why you feel this way about the particular situation. Recognize that mm, it's not really affecting you in your day to day. And, you know, and then sit with those emotions or, you know, whatever's happened. And maybe you have a discussion with a friend, but to immediately use those fingers to get to typing uh, uh, yeah. using social media as a weapon 
your words as a weapon to cut somebody else down on the basis of their truth. It's their truth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really dangerous and it does link into the woke culture, cancel culture, which is exhausting and I felt very fatigued when I when I saw the comments and of course even my tweet, it didn't get any likes, it didn't get any because I was like, Yeah, they're just I know they're gonna ignore it because it's not in the realm of, you know, the 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 role that everybody was taking. Um and I just I felt it. I was like, it's 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 exhausting to fight as the same fight against just racism overall. And then when in that fight, fight the fight of prejudice, colorism, like I'm like, can yeah, it's it's it was draining. I I watched it and I was like, oh, this is draining, and almost to the point that I didn't even want to speak on it. So um, well, I'm glad speaking on it. Please speak on it here. And I want to be clear, it's not to neglect, in the same way, we should not, in my opinion, we should not negate Tandy Newton's feelings. It's the same way that I'm not negating the, the, the expressions of those who were alarmed by her word. I'm not negating what mm-hmm. to say. I'm, I'm just offering A, watch the full clip and understand what was said. B, Take the time to maybe think about her experience, where she comes from. No, she's not African American. Doesn't have your experience. She's South African. She's British. She's black. She's biracial. She's a multitude of of identities. Uh, as Norma said, you know, take, as I like what she said. Take time, hold space. I think that that's the important lesson in all of this. If you care to, you know, know what I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well that's it that's our two cents i mean weigh in let us know what you think we like the interaction feel free to uh you know emote share yes you can find us on instagram black girls with accents and you can listen to us on every um, podcast uh, platform that's out there we'd love to hear from you guys thank you so much thank you see you bye. next time bye-bye